Welcome to Bethel Church today. It's great to have you with us. We just want to thank you for staying connected with our church family and just thank those who may be the first time checking us out online and seeing what we're about. We just want to welcome you as well this morning. We are going to continue in our four chair discipleship series that we've been going through. And again, if, if you've missed any of these, we just invite you to go to our YouTube channel or our SoundCloud page and you can check out the previous sermons up to this point. Uh, but essentially what's happening is we are looking at the lives of the disciples and we're seeing this progression of who they are. And it really mirrors the progression that we should be making with our lives and our, our journey of faith. And so the first chair that we come and sit in is come and see. We have the disciples of John the Baptist and they see Jesus and they say, Rabbi, where are you staying? And Jesus looks to them and responds, come and see. It's, it's an invitation to come and to get to know who Jesus is. And so they, they go with him and they spend the night and they get to know and understand who Jesus is. You know, when I buy something, uh, I like to research it and I probably drive Grizzly a little bit crazy because I'll spend hours just looking up stats and details about something that I want to buy or to purchase. And when it comes to Christianity, I know this isn't buying or purchasing something, but there's this point in time where we come and we see what is this all about. And so Jesus offers this period to say, come and see, come and see what Jesus has done for you. And that's when we find out that there's nothing that you or I could ever do to get us into heaven. That all we have to do is accept what Jesus has done for us. The sacrifice he has made with his life in exchange for ours. And that's called the gift of salvation. And so come and see is exploring what salvation looks like. And from there we move on to chair two, which is follow me. Later on in John 1, he says to the disciples, he says, follow me. And for the time frame and the context that he says this, when a rabbi would say this to someone, it would be an invitation not just to follow him, not just to play Simon Says. It would be an invitation to come and learn from him specifically. And it's the first step in becoming a direct copy of who that rabbi is. And so Jesus says, follow me. Come learn from me. Become like me. And this is the start of our real relationship with Jesus. Is when Jesus says, follow me to us, we can respond with, yes, I'll give my life to Christ. I accept what you have done for me. And I want to become more like you. I want to follow in your footsteps. I want my life to look like Christ. From chair two, we move to chair three, which is come and see and fish for men. Matthew 4.19 says, Jesus called to them, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. You see, I love fishing. So once you start talking about this, I get a little bit excited. Every, every summer, I, I take my family up north. I don't know if I take them or drag them, but, but they come with me. And we go way up in northern Ontario. 
uh, to go fishing for a week. And that's basically all you do. It's day in, day out fishing. It's wake up in the morning, go fishing. It's lunchtime, let's go fishing. It's the evening, you should probably be fishing by now. Uh, it's come home, let's cook and eat some fish and go to bed, get up and repeat the same thing over. And again, the third chair of discipleship is fishing. But really what that means is it's serving alongside your brothers and sisters in Christ for the good of the community and for the good of the body of Christ. It's telling people about the difference that Jesus has made in your life. And I think we use the term fishing because it's, it's not work. Some might think it sounds like work, but it's not. It's serving. It's fun. It's enjoyable. I get excited when I get to serve with my brothers and sisters. I get excited when I get to have conversations with people about Jesus. It's a joy and a pr privilege that I have to be a part of God's work. But today we're going to focus in on chair number four, which is go and bear fruit. John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me, I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that fruit should remain. Now often we talk about bearing fruit uh, in regards to our own lives and the changes that Jesus has been making within us as we grow in the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so we grow in love and peace and kindness and our self-control. But when we sit in this fourth chair and, and Jesus says, go and bear fruit, it's really about going and bearing the fruit of those around us. It's about helping those who are younger in their spiritual faith and helping them get to the fourth chair. You see, when Jesus is telling his disciples to go and bear fruit, he's prepping them for when he's gone. He's saying, look, I've, I've just done everything that I've just done with you for the last three years. I've spent time with you. I've invested in you. I've brought you into my close circle. Now it's your turn to go and do the same with others. Invest in them. Let them into your life. Spend time with them. Help them along in their faith journey. To the point where you can turn to them and say, now you go and bear fruit. And when we get to this fourth, three things that come with that chair. It's the parent chair. Many of you might think, I've already been there, I've already done that, I've already done the parent thing. I don't want no Abraham and Sarah story, but it's not about that. This is the spiritual parent chair. And this chair, this parenthood, never ends. It's our job to help those who are younger in their faith. Again, Lizzie and I, we're still relatively new to, to parenthood. We have three little ones at home. Shiloh's almost four, Zion's two years old, and Abram is three months old. And very quickly, you realize as a parent that life isn't about you anymore. It's about our, our kids. It involves our kids. And, and we make sacrifices that we want to do to benefit our kids and not just us. And it, it tests your, your patience and your self-control uh, almost daily. 
Proverbs 16.32 says, Better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. Being in this chair of discipleship is recognizing that the church and Christianity isn't here to serve you and your wants and your preferences, but that you care more about what will help those around you, those who are younger in their faith than you, and help them succeed to the fourth chair. Next, it's it's about the long term. A few years ago, Lizzie and I moved into a new house, and in the backyard was this uh, amazing, large, beautiful cherry tree. And when we moved in, I was so excited to have this cherry tree. Not that I go out and buy cherries all the time, but because they're kind of expensive, but anytime I can get a deal or I get something free, I just get excited. And so having this cherry tree, I was so excited. I thought I was gonna be in the backyard like sunbathing, just picking cherries off my tree, eating them whenever I wanted to. I thought life was gonna be great. And so when we first moved in, I was getting ready and in the first year, this tree started to blossom and buds started to come out. And then this horrible frost came into the area. And I remember that this frost was so bad that many of the apple orchards in the year, it was a, a complete waste for them. And so my poor cherry tree didn't have any cherries for that first year. So the second year came around, and again, I'm getting excited, hoping we get past the frost, and, and we do, and the tree starts to blossom and bud, and these cherries start to grow, and I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting excited. I'm, I'm licking my lips, my chops, getting ready to eat some cherries. And every day, I, again, I don't know anything about like actually making cherries or farming cherries from trees, but I would go out every day or so and, and test the cherries, see when they're ripe, and they were starting to get there, and I was getting excited. Until one Saturday morning, I woke up and I went to the back patio door and I could hear this ruckus in the backyard and I opened the patio door and what do I see but hundreds of birds eating my cherries from my tree. And by the end of the day, they had picked the entire tree clean. There was nothing left. So I had to wait another year for my cherries. So finally, year three comes along, and what do I do but I go to Amazon and I buy this special reflective bird tape, and in the springtime, I physically climb into the tree. I start tying these ribbons all throughout the tree. I'm on top of a ladder, like on the top rung where you're not supposed to stand. Like, I'm risking my life to get these cherries. And so I, I tie it up full of this ribbon. And finally that year, it, it keeps enough birds away that there's cherries in the tree and I get to eat some. <coughs> the fourth chair is about the long term. It's not about overnight success. It's about commitment. Jesus himself spent three years investing, developing, and training 12 guys so that when he left, that these 12 would go on and, and lead the body of Christ to what it is today. Even more, I didn't even plant that tree. It takes the average cherry tree about 7 to 10 years to start producing fruit. Sometimes when we sit in this fourth chair, we might just be seed planters. 
We might not be the people who see the, the fruit personally. And that's okay. And other times we would be the one who bears the fruit that someone else has planted and grown and nurtured. And the ultimate joy would be able to see someone help plant a seed, nurture it all the way through, and move them to the fourth chair. The reality is that it will take time, which can be one of the greatest investments we ever make. We think of investments often in terms of money, but our time is precious and valuable to those around us. And so when we can take that time, that commitment into those around us, it means so much more than anything that we could give financially. Lastly, this last chair, it's about multiplying. I heard a, a story a while ago from Pastor Micah Fries about a pastor in the States who, who took on uh, the leadership at a church. And there was only about 20 to 40 members of this church, but he made it his goal that every year he would disciple three people and I just don't mean like meet on a, a Tuesday night and have a Bible study. He would take three people that he would disciple, let into his home, let into his life, and he would mentor them. And in return, the only thing they had to do was to do the same thing next year, was to take on three more people and disciple and mentor them. And over the years, his church grew from 20 to 40 to 100 to 300 to 500, and eventually into the thousands. This last chair is about multiplying. Now, I'm not saying we have to do that every single year, but if we ourselves can just invest into three people over our own lifetime, and those three people invest into three, and those into three, that eventually just totals 41 people who would move from the first chair of come and see all the way to the chair of go and bear fruit. It's about multiplication. And the secret to sitting in this chair is given by Jesus in John chapter 15. It says this, I am the true vine, and my father is the vineyard. Sorry, is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that bears no fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it will bear more fruit. You are already clean. Though the word which I have spoken to you remain in me, as I also remain in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man does not remain in me, he is thrown out as a branch and withers. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me, and my rewards remain in you, you will ask whether you will, you will ask whatever you desire, and it shall be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also love you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have spoken these things to you, 
that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do whatever I command you, I no longer call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master does, but I have called you friends. For everything that I have heard from my Father have I made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that the Father may give you whatever you ask him in my name. This is this I command you, that you love one another. In case you miss it, I don't know if you realize, but Jesus says more than ten times to remain in me. Remain connected to Jesus. Remain connected to the Father. And what a timely word for right now, where we can so easily get pulled into the news and the fear and the worry of what's going on around the world, and we can get trapped in those things, and we can connect ourselves to those fears and those worries. But Jesus says, remain in me, stay connected with me, spend time with me, and you will be okay. And so the secret to this, the secret from going from chair one to two, three to four, is remaining in Jesus, staying connected with God. Let's pray. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are unchanging. That no matter what is going on in the world right now, that this was not a surprise to you. You saw this coming. And God, we thank you for the examples that you have given us in the Bible and how you teach us to remain in your love, to remain connected to you, even in times of, of stress and of chaos and, and, and worry or fear, that getting through this means staying connected to you. And so I just pray encouragement to everybody that's watching. God, even as we recognize what chair of discipleship we are sitting in, let this be an encouragement for us to move to the next chair, to move in our faith and our journey with you, to move in our relationship to you, that we should get closer to you every single day. We thank you for this. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you again for uh, tuning in with us today. We just pray that you have a blessed day.